Matt Stepp, how would you describe the status of your football pants during the first week of the Texas high school football playoffs? They flew off at nine o'clock Thursday night. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, and welcome to the second round of the playoffs, uh, as if you there was any possibility that you have possibly recovered from the first round. Uh, we're just, we're all, we're all wounded. We're all, we're all playing hurt here after, after an explosion has rocked was, the state. It was pretty wild. Uh, some brackets okay. got busted and, and, and it was, it was, as you like to say, crazy town, banana pants, but it, it was, it was a lot of fun. Man, it sure was. Uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into our by district recap, and we will also get to our um, area round draft. So a lot to get to here on this thar episode of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. But we will start, Matthew, as we always do, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Matt Step, you know statistically what the biggest upset of the of the week was last week. Uh, I, I think you know. That would be, of course, Stanton over Childress. Stanton, now quite famously, was 47-point underdogs. Uh, what, literally, what do those idiots at Dave Campbell's know? I have a, I think I have a rant about that, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that. My, my question for you, Matt Stepp, statistically, according to the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Computer, who was the second biggest underdog to win by Distrout? Because you got about, you, there's about four, I think, good choices here that it could be. I'm going to go Abilene and El Paso Eastwood. El Paso Eastwood going to Abilene and pulling the upset over the Eagles. That's my, that's my guess. That is a rather good guess, Matthew, but it is, alas, not, not correct. Uh, Eastwood, while they were underdogs, uh, they were paltry 12 point underdogs. Oh, no, okay. Matthew, we had. A 19-point underdog in Tomball beating Cy Park, but that's not the answer. Okay. We had a 20-point underdog in um in I think the real forgotten upset of the week, which is only kicking the kicking the the dog out of Rawls. That was a really impressive win. Krista they Pertle, were, our friend Krista Pertle, who works for Baylor. She's yeah. All, she's an Olney grad. Is she really? I did not know that. She is. She is from uh, Olney. Go Cubs. Um, and but they were only 20 point favorites or underdogs. No, Matthew, it belongs to those mighty Eagles of Barbers Hill. Ah, yes. Who were 24 point underdogs to Fort Bend Marshall and won and by pulled 21. off and pulled off a I mean, let's be honest, not a fluky win, a, no. a resounding win. They were the better team. Yeah. Plain and it, simple. It was. And and, and so I believe and, on last week's Tepper Step, <laughs> uh, one Gregory Tepper uh, did kind of hint that hey, keep an eye on this one. You you, you got the receipts. I, I put I did put four pin marshall on upset watch. Go mm-hmm. check the tape. I did. I just said yeah. it, but I believe I pressed it by saying I'm gonna look really stupid. Uh, but alas, I actually looked kind of smart. Um, anyway, um, that was, that was an upset watch. And then I actually, I wrote on texasfootball.com. I said little river Academy. I put, I put Yoakum on upset watch. I could, I actually couldn't believe the computer thought that Yoakum was like a nine point favorite in that game. I thought Yoakum Um, was a favorite, not nine though. Yeah. Yeah. But Hey, Chris Lancaster's bumblebees are the swole bees are through. Anyway, there it is. Your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right, Matthew, I don't even know where we start with last week. Um, it was okay. We'll start here. I made the comment on Texas football today, and I want to see if you agree with me. And I have not asked you this question. This is, this is earnest, real conversation. Was last week the craziest first round of the Texas high school football playoffs? Let's just say that you can remember. Yeah, it was. I mean, we had so many 
four seeds winning. We had so many, and we always have a few four seeds that win. It's inevitable. There's always a few, but we had, I think, was it 24 in UIL 11 man alone? I think we ended up with 26 because yeah, it was nuts. That's almost 10% of the games. I mean, there's only 320 UIL 11 man games. So I guess if you take, there's, you know, there was a there was a that was a large percentage of the one four matchups, a significant amount of the yeah. one four matchups that went to the four seeds, and then you throw in the fact that you had, you know, num- the number two team in the state in five A Division two in Fort Ben Marshall, and I believe Childress was third in yes, three A Division two go down. I mean, just just ma- and massive ups- upsets, and then it, it was just there was a lot of there was a lot of near misses as well. There were some close calls in in there as well, I and mean, it was it was a you know, one close call that's not talked about is us. Irving Nimitz really gave all yes. to Martin all they wanted, and I was like, "What in the world?" So, I mean, it was it was a wild night and uh, a wild week Thursday and Friday night. Um, and and if the playoffs are going to be anything like that, I mean, we're buckle up. We're in for a fun ride the next five well, weeks. And that's the thing is that is that especially Thursday, Thursday. I've I've never I've never seen a Thursday like that. Like that was because as you know, Thursday is kind of boring it's kind of when you schedule all the blowouts yeah, you know what usually, i mean usually thursday night is when the when the really heavily favored teams just go ahead and schedule the, you know in the underdogs kind of know what's coming and they're just like yeah let's just get it over with you know and 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 it was it was and, and it was a wild night and I, I i i was in my hotel room in amarillo thursday night and just going man this is the first night of the playoffs and this is this is what's going on it's gonna be it's gonna be bonkers it was it was it was one game after another. Like you just kept looking on that Thursday night, and it's it's like I was so I was so blown away by it that like every like it would be. I think everybody was kind of keeping an eye on that on that uh, on that Stanton and Childress game. That was really that was the canary in the. Uh, well, actually, you know what? No, it was it was when Tomball went up on Side Park because Tomball kind of threw an early punch and went up like fourteen nothing, and then everyone was like. Whoa! Wait, what's yeah. going on here? At at that point, you started wondering, okay, is it going to be one of those nights? And then, like, it started to materialize. Like, the word started creeping out from out west that hey, Stanton's got Childress on the ropes. Yeah, and, so I was in Amarillo, and, and and I wasn't even paying attention to, to Ch- Stanton and Childress. And I was talking to Lance Lonert on the sidelines, watching mm-hmm. Clarendon and Sunray, and he goes, he goes, hey, did you know Childress was down nineteen nothing? And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, it was 19 to nothing. And then, so then I scramble and go on the app and look. And by then it was like 19 to 14, I think. And I was like, oh, okay. Childress, Childress has started out really slow. They're, they're going to get it going. And they're, they're rolling now. And it did not, I mean, it was, they, they, by then it was already a ball game. And Stanton just kept getting, getting more and more confidence. So uh, credit to them. That was a huge upset. It was, it was a yeah. fun night. Credit to Cody Hogan's ball club. That was that was a lot of fun to watch, and it was it was just it, it was it was a uniquely just bonkers night where everything kept flying in. Uh, I think one another one that really flew under people's radar um, was, and maybe it's because it's uh, maybe it's because it's more of a name brand thing that like the the I would say the bigger name brand won, but uh, Georgetown beating Dripping Springs is. Yeah. A, I mean, that's a that was an undefeated state ranked Dripping Springs team that I think people, mm-hmm. including myself, thought like, man, they might be a dark horse there in Region Three. And then Georgetown, the fourth place finisher, is like, sure, yeah, you know what? We'll go for, we'll have our quarterback go for nine touchdowns. Yeah. I, I think showed, showed the strength of eleven five A Division One. That's that's a very yeah. you know, a lot of the oxygen in the room in Region Three gets sucked up by ten five A Division One. Eleven five A Division One is really good, and now we're getting I think all four matchups because I think ten five A swept nine five A and eleven five A swept twelve five A. So we're gonna we're gonna find out real quick this week which districts are stronger. Yeah, because that's the thing. We did have twenty six districts that that swept, uh, or twenty two districts that swept, including. 10-5-A and 11-5-A. Like, we've cleared out Region 2. <laughs> like, it was so funny that we were talking mm-hmm. about all the contenders that there were in, in 5-A Division One Region 2. And then, like, after one week, it's like, all right, we have fully eliminated District 12 and District 9. Like, thank you very much. We'll now have a battle royale between 10 and 11. Um, 
just wild, wild stuff. And and I mean, that's not even to mention the six man stuff, like Happy beating Spring Lake Earth, like Oglesby beat uh, Oglesby beat uh, Calvert for the first time ever. Like they were zero and fourteen against Calvert, and then they beat them in the playoffs. Um, it was just a nutso, nutso night. And there, we had a game. Van Horn won a game that had sixteen lead changes. It was nuts. Anyway. Uh, it was a fun round one, and if that if 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 past is any pretense, then we are in for a very very fun uh, area round of the playoffs. And that's where we are, Matthew. It is time for our area. The draft is back, folks. Don't worry. Yep, Pop- we're back. Back by popular demand. Uh, it is the area round draft. Step and I. If this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games we are most interested in. Once it's picked, it's off the board. Uh, we'll go five rounds, and then for the final time this year, we've decided we will have your hipster game of the week, which is tougher this week because you yes. know there's only two hundred and fifty something. What two hundred fifty six? One hundred fifty two. 176, 176 games. Um, and so we did a coin flip before the show. Matt Step won the coin flip. And I am very interested to see where you go with this one because, I mean, look, it's the area around the playoffs. Every game's pretty good. Like every every game is is like the floor for all these games is, yeah, it's a pretty good game. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But you got you got no pressure, man. But this is this is like top of the draft where you got to you got to make sure you, you hit on this one. So no pressure. That's the hard part about this week is there's no one game that stands out. No. There's just a really good slate of games across the board. So it makes it tough. So I'm going to go with the game that intrigues me the most. And this is the game that the DCTF Watch Along will be covering Thursday night <laughs> at McLean <laughs> Stadium as the El Campo Rice Birds take on the Lindale Eagles. And you look at the records and you see 10 and 1 El Campo. And you see Lindale at 7 and 4. Lindale is one of the hottest teams in the state right now. This is a team that is playoff tested, having made the state championship last year. They, this is going to be a absolute shootout. Take a flamethrower to this game and watch it burn because it is going to be, I think it's going to be up and down the field. Yeah. You got El Campo, who under first year head coach Chad Worrell is just doing damage left and right. They, they, Ruben Owens is, is is gets a lot of the attention and rightfully so. He's the Texas commit is special. Um, you know he rushes for two hundred and two yards and three touchdowns. But this this Rice Birds running attack has got dudes: John Trey Davis, Stephen Norman, Decorius Ward. Those three backs, aside from Owens, two hundred and two yards. Those three guys accounted for one hundred and eighty nine yards on the ground last week and four touchdowns. And, and I want to I want to make sure I mention this because I think that there is this notion that Chad Worrell stepped in there at that El Campo and he's just like, Oh, like he gets to drive the Ferrari and stuff like that. Like, no guys, like he's doing an unbelievable job coaching these guys up. Like you can have all that talent, but if you don't know how to put them in the right place, it doesn't matter. And he has put them in the right place. So let's make sure that yes, it's, 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 they are supremely talented bunch and coach Worrell will tell you that, but he's doing him and his staff are doing a pretty darn good job too. Yeah. Now this is a test this week because last year, this is where El Campo Fell on the they lost to Kilgore in this mm-hmm. round last year. This this is this game is going to really I think ultimately decide how you know El Campo's season because you get past this round I, I think they're going to be heavy favorites in round three and they you know they should match up in round four you know potentially with another East Texas ball club but they you know this this is a not this is a tricky game because Lindale led by Sam, Sam Peterson the quarterback they're humming on offense. You know, they, they've won, I believe, seven out of their last eight ball games, and the only loss is, was a heartbreaker to Kilgore in the last week of the season, and that was an absolute shootout in that game. So this Lindale offense is putting up numbers, mm-hmm. and they're doing it differently this year. Last year they kind of got, you know, kind of rode Jordan Jordan Jenkins, uh, the Baylor running back, Baylor who's now at Baylor. They rode him all the way to the state title game and just let, let him carry. This, this year they're, they're opening up the offense. They're throwing it around a little bit more. They're still really good up front. You know, the defense does leave a little bit to be desired. I mean, even last week, they they beat Lumberton 56 to 39. But that was a you know 28-26 ball game at the half. So um, I think you guys are going to be talking about a lot of points on Thursday night on the watch long. Um, and I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I think it's going to be a fun game. I like El Campo. I've, I've been on the El Campo bandwagon, and I, mm-hmm. I, think, I think I picked them to – win the state championship. So um, I've got my fingers crossed here on this one because this, this, is, this is a tricky area around, around matchup because Lindale Ball Club is really good. 
this is a this is not a game for the faint of heart. Um, this is going to be hot. This is going to be big play. This there are going to be some home runs hit in this game, like mm-hmm. a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to come down to who can make the op- other opponent. I'm not saying you got to stop them, but you got to make them work for it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you can't give Ruben Owens an, an 80 yard touchdown. You know, you can't let Sam Peterson just, just blast it open and, 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 and you know, hit, you know, 70 yard bombs. There are going to be big plays to be made in this game. Who can come up with like literally be like plus two in the turnover margin. That's going to end up being, I think I, I think I agree with you. I think I lean towards El Campo. Um, but this game, I think you're right. I think uh, it's going to be fun. I'm glad we've got a guy like Marcus Shavers in there. I think he's going to, I think he'll have something to say. <laughs> oh, he'll have some takes. He'll have. Some, he texted me and was like, "What do I do?" And I was like, "Just come in and be ready to talk ball. You'll yeah, be fine." Talk, uh, by talk the way, ball I did ball. confirm. I'm just looking, and yes, I did pick El Campo to win the state championship. Okay. So uh, I'm go. very nervous that one of my that one of my state championship picks could potentially yeah. go out in the round two. This is this is not a gimme game for El Campo. So I will say that for all of the chaos last week, and there was a lot of chaos for all of the chaos. Nobody in the DCTF staff or our six-man folks, Lehman Saunders or Bobby Brown over at Texas1AFan.com, we all still have our all of our state championship picks in. Like, for all the chaos, like, it was only regional picks. That was as far as we got. Or, you know, I mean, you could see Forfeit Marshall playing for titles and stuff. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. You're right. I think that El Campo and Lindale is a really fun matchup, much better than the record may indicate. All right, Matthew. I... I think I'm going to go where you're going uh, on Friday. And that is, okay. let's go 7, 30, 7 o'clock Friday night at beautiful Trinity Mother Francis Rose Stadium in Tyler, Texas. The Rose City as a top five matchup in 5A Division One in the second stinking round. as. The unbeaten College Station Cougars take on the 9-2 Frisco Lone Star Rangers. And I am going to be that jerk. And here I am. I, 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 you guys are used to me doing this. And You're I am going jerk. to I'm, I'm ask. I am, here comes Big Jerk Tepper. And I am going to say, Matt Stepp, what is the best win for either of these teams? College Station's win over Magnolia West. You think I think I think you're probably right. You can maybe talk me into depending on how you feel about like, well, like Lone Star did beat San Antonio Cornerstone in the in week one. That's a weird like I don't know that ended up being a pretty decent private school team, but it's like they're such a bizarre situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lone Star does have a win over Wakeland, which has aged pretty well. It's a solid but, win. Yeah, it's a solid win. But yeah, I think that's right because I here's the here's the funny thing about this. For both of these teams, I think there's a fair argument to be made that while they have been impressive, they have not necessarily been tested, at least tested like they're going to be on Friday night, or at least they have not passed the tests. Uh, Certainly, Lone Star has been tested by Alito, by Den Ryan, but they came out on the wrong side of those. Both very close games, but they, they were not able to come out on that. Now, for College Station... This is a this is an extremely balanced team. I think they can do a little bit of everything. I think Jet Huff is great. Traylon Sewell, the wide receiver, they can run the ball well. Marquise Collins and Nate Palmer. And if they need their defense to go out there and win a ball game for them, they can do it. Jackson Slanker and all those guys they have on defense. This is a balanced. The word that comes to mind is complete. They look yeah. complete. They're, they're, and, they're, and College Station is really good on special teams as well. This is this mm. is a all three phases kind of ball club. And here's the thing that yes, you can look at their record, and yeah, yeah, they they played New Caney Porter and Conroe Caney Creek, and they played Lufkin, who's way down this year, missed the playoffs, right? They played Cleveland, right? Waller, that's fine, but you know what they did to them? They j- just launched them into the stratosphere, like. They buried them, and that is what. So and so, they've they've done everything you could possibly ask of them. That if you play a bad team, we want you to bury them, and if you play a good team, we want you to beat them and beat them soundly. Well, they've done that every single time out. That win over Magnolia West on the road is a supremely impressive win. I about think the 21. win last they beat, they beat Magnolia West by twenty one. You know, yeah. and you look at their non district schedule. I mean, they played 
two 6A playoff teams. Now, neither one of those teams advanced out of the first round, but Hutto and Fort Ben Bush were both playoff mm-hmm. teams in 6A, and they beat them by almost 50 points in both. They beat Huddle mm-hmm. by 48 and Fort Ben Bush by 42. So like, this is a team that, that's been dominant in every game. 21 now, points is their closest game of the year. And here's, here's the thing about Lone Star. The thing about Lone Star is their offense has been exceptional all year long. Ashton Genty, who I think you've heard us mention before, is like – a freak show. He's just a touchdown machine. Um, he calls the touchdown play like every time he gets the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Garrett, Garrett Rangel, the senior quarterback, they are a balanced, exceptional offense. Their defense has been very good. This will be, in my opinion, the se- at least at worst, the second best defense that they faced. And the first best defense kind of put their thumb on them and squashed them, you know? Yeah. And had the answers. And so what what's so interesting about this game is that I don't think I have a read on what kind of game it's going to be. I am fairly certain that Lindale and, and El Campo is going to be a high scoring shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, this game could be in the 40s. This game could be in the teens. And it wouldn't surprise me uh, because that Lone Star defense has been very good as well. Like very good. So. I don't know. I lean towards College Station. I think they're the most complete team. I I was tempted to take them to win the state championship in 5A Division One, But this is a huge test for them, and we're going to find out a lot about them against what is undoubtedly an elite team and certainly the first elite, elite team that they've played this year. I would agree. So I'm going to take Lone Star. And uh, are you going to be there? I am going to be there. I think um, me and Pickle are going to this game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Pickle got sent out there by Valley. So yeah, there you go. Uh, plenty of coverage. Yeah. Uh, good coaching matchup, too. Fun coaching matchup. Uh, so there you go. There is. I'm going to take Frisco Lone Star and College Station. What is your second pick, Matthew? I'm going to stay in 5A Division One Region 2 because I think on Saturday at 2.30 at Waco ISD Stadium, Denton Ryan and Magnolia West has the potential to be a banger as well. Hmm. Two 10-1 teams going at it, and I think two teams that that, that the, the, it's strength on strength in this game. Clearly, we know what Denton Ryan's strength is this year. It's on the defensive side of the ball. This defense they have might be better than last year. That's saying something. That defense last year was incredible. Dude. I mean, you hold Frisco Lone Star week 11 to six points. I mean, you're, you're doing something. And that last week they, you know, 49-14 over WT White. That game could have been 100, 100 to nothing if Denton Ryan won. It was 35 nothing at halftime. They took the starters out. I mean, it was you know, it was pretty much garbage time for the second half. Yeah. It was it, it's what we expected, right? I don't think we saw Magnolia. I, I, Magnolia West was a favorite over Tyler, but I don't think we saw 56 to 14 kind of domination from Magnolia West. I mean, yeah, that was, was a utter you know, their offense throws up 528 yards, and it was balanced. Brock Dalton has three touchdowns passing, running two touchdowns rushing. Hunter Bilbo, who's kind of their Swiss Army knife, you know, he runs for 126 yards and two touchdowns. He catches a couple of touchdown passes. Uh, Kai Aroka runs for 139 yards and two touchdowns. Just just a balanced attack across the board for the Mustangs. Under, under first-year head coach Ben McGee, who, as you recall, was in Sweetwater last year, the last mm-hmm. few years. I mean, he's... He's come over to Magnolia West, and they haven't missed a beat. In fact, they've been better this year uh, across the board. Their offense is going to face a defense unlike anything they've seen all year in Denton Ryan. This Denton Ryan defense is loaded. I don't think Denton Ryan's offense is near what it was last year, and Mm -hmm. ultimately I think that might be their undoing, but I think this defense is good enough to carry them. I will be very interested to see how Magnolia West responds and how they try to attack the Denton Ryan defense. Um, but I, I'll say this: If Magnolia West comes out and, and and moves the football, I think Denton Ryan could be in trouble. I don't think Denton Ryan has the capability to to score thirty uh-huh. points in a playoff. I was game. I, I was literally just about to say: I think if Magnolia West gets to thirty one, I think we're talking yeah. about them a win. Yeah, I, I think um, Denton Ryan Denton Ryan wants to live in the twenty eight fourteen kind of games. Now thirty one would be, I believe. Uh, let's see, is that the most they've given? Yeah, they gave oh, twenty eight yes. to Denton, which was a lot of that was kind of window yeah. dressing. I mean, um, in, the, in the loss, Denton Ryan gave up what fourteen to Geyer? Yeah, I mean fourteen yeah, to exactly. seven or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in so. overtime, by the way. 
Yeah. So yeah, they needed extra extra time to score the the fourteenth point. So mm-hmm. scoring against Denton Ryan is a chore. I think Denton Ryan wins this game. I think their defense has the code to slow down Magnolia West. Um, but like I said, if I if I pull this game up at halftime and it's like twenty one twenty one or something, I'm gonna be like, oh boy, Denton Ryan might be in trouble here because I just don't know if their offense can keep up. Yeah. I think I think that you're right. Like I have major concerns about the Ryan offense, um, but. I also think that, that that defense, like we talk about teams that can outscore their problems. Um, like this is a team that their defense can be like, yeah, if you get us 10 points, we can probably make it hold up. Like, you know, that's they, what we need. They've won uh, a game seven to six this year. Yeah, so. over, over the top, over the fifth ranked team in the state. Exactly. But this is also, so. I think what's interesting, both this game and the game before, and part of it is because they're two teams from the, uh, you know, from it's, it's uh, you know, same district going at it. Uh, it's district five versus district eight. But... This is really a referendum on DFW versus non-DFW, like Region 2. You know, mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. that's really what we're seeing here. And we'll start to sort that out because for the, say what you want, but like re, like District 8, they're kind of on, on an island. You know, they're out there kind of by themselves. Yeah. They it's all stick to the pods of kind of North Houston and then yeah, it's, Valley and you got Lufkin thrown in there. For, it's just it's a big district like it's a nine team district and so you start like you don't have a ton of non-district games and yeah i don't know it, this is a really intriguing game by the way if you want to talk about wins that have aged well um magnolia west beat one at temple in non-district mm-hmm. uh, I, this magnolia west team is legit like they yeah they a- are they have a win over Temple. That that win over Temple is 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 a elite fed. I mean, they're only losses to College Station. Which <laughs> then you start to look at it like, man, how good is College Station? They uh-huh. beat this, they beat Magnolia West by twenty one in mm-hmm. Magnolia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're gonna we're, we will start we will start sorting out Region Two this week. Region Two last week was pretty chalky. Now we're we're getting to nut cutting time for Region Two. I'm gonna stay in five A, but I'm gonna go to, for my second pick. But I'm gonna go to five A Division Two. And Matthew, let's talk about two of the more far-flung members of the Texas high school football big school community. At 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Lufkin's Martin Stadium, a Martin Stadium, it will be the unbeaten Texas High Tigers out of Texarkana taking on the 10-1 Texas City Stingerees in what I believe might be the first ever matchup of two Texas high school football teams, UIL teams, with the name, with the word Texas in their school, in school name. There's only three, right? It's Texas High, Texas City, and West Texas, right? Yes, yeah, Stinnett, West Texas. Those are the only three. And obviously, nobody's playing. And that's what's so funny. Think about where those three teams are ge- geographically, right? You have be further like, away from each other. far northeast, far southeast, far northwest. In any case, this is an awesome game. And I'm really excited about it because I think that this is an opportunity for two programs that I think by virtue of literally where they exist geographically, like latitude and longitude wise, people don't talk about. Um, yeah. And we've, we've, you and I have talked at length about how, especially with Texas, Texas high, like that part of the world up there in far deep Northeast Texas, like Paris and, and all those teams up there, if you're good, it people only start paying attention to you like now, like n- there's nothing written about you, like no, like you're not on TV, like nobody's you know saying these things, you know saying these things about that, like basically like that's kind of why if you go back and you got to go way back in the wayback machine, but remember the first Pleasant Grove title, people started looking up and paying attention to them like in the third round of the playoffs. They're like, oh oh, who's who are you? Like who is this team? It's mm-hmm. kind of the same way with Texas High. Like they're undefeated and maybe the quietest undefeated team in five A. Like nobody's talking about, them. and yeah. they're not undefeated. But I think you can say the same thing about Texas City. The Stings um, have 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 the one loss on the year. Uh, they took a loss back in um, back to Crosby um, back in in October fifteenth, which really kind of that should have signaled to us that Crosby was legit. They they trounced them, but since then they have been fantastic. What I think is interesting about this game is this is a uh, that that um, tech, uh, Texas or Texas City rather they're going to keep the ball on the ground and they're pretty reliant on a number of sophomores in the running game. 
They got a couple of sophomore backs that are really solid uh, that I that are going to carry that are going to carry the majority of the load in this game. Uh, Caleb Bell, Ricky Green, they're the workhorses for this game. Uh, Jacob Duran, they can throw the ball a little bit, but they want to run the ball here. Can they find any sort of success running the ball against this ferocious Texas high defense led by Derek Brown? Because um, their defense is legit. That's, the that's other the key, thing. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think the way to beat Texas high is really you got you got to throw the ball. I, I, running mm-hmm. against that front seven is a is a four and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they just don't let it go. And and now Texas Texas high. So last week they played full shear in the opener in their by district uh, playoff game, and full shear about seven minutes left in the third quarter, they tied them up at fourteen, and it was and and I I even tweeted about it. I was like. Well, boy, Ish did say he was throwing Texas high on upset watch because this is a good full mm-hmm. year team. You know, the, the, the team that I think is is on the rise, things like that. And all they did was win 42-14. I mean, they stood on the gas pedal. And they have a closer, okay? When it's closing time, the bouncer comes around. The bouncer's name is Braylon Stewart, okay? Yes. They hand the ball to that young man. They say, take us home, big fella. Yeah. And go win and, it. And, and and he did it. I mean, he was fantastic. He gets stronger as the game goes on. Brayson McHenry, their quarterback, they don't ask him to do a ton, but he's solid in the game. They have I looked this up. They have outscored their opponents 168 to 24 in the second half this year. I mean, they that have good. So they, like if it's a close game, like you're done. You're toast. They're going to blow you. They're going to blast you into the sun in the second half. In the second half. So that's what's interesting about this game. Can Texas City start off fast? Can they run the ball with any effectiveness? If they can't, can Jacob Durant throw on this defense? Furthermore, can can Texas City? I think the name of the game is Texas City has got to put Texas High in a negative game state. They've got to make them chase. They got to get mm-hmm. them behind. Get up something like twenty-one-seven, and then like. Say, do you want to trade scores or something like that? That's where I think this game. I think this game is really fun. I think it's an opportunity to get a, a spotlight on two of the more unheralded teams in the state, and I think it's a fun matchup. And I, boy, Texas High, Texas City—they're both orange. Like, there's a lot of weird, like a weird confluences in this game. It really is. There's, there's a lot of similarities here, and I think the similarities similarities are also. I don't think either one of these teams wants to play from behind. I, I think yeah. whoever can get out on the front foot in this game is going to have a massive advantage. I don't think either of these teams are really built built for comebacks. You know, in Texas High, you got to think last year they went into the, they went into this round undefeated last year and played Crosby and got torched. Yeah, you don't think Jerry Stanford's reminding his kids about that this week? Well, and that's the thing. It's like you know, for Texas High, they're they're again. We we talk a lot about uh, how they are. They're kind of up there in in that part of the world. And the other the other part of that is that they don't play anybody from Southeast Texas. Like so, say what you want, but like Southeast Texas has dudes. Like they got cats who can go, and that that they just haven't seen before, right? And so. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily the case with Texas City. We'll find out because I think they're a little bit more grindy than a lot of other teams in Region 2. But we'll find out. And this Texas High defense is something serious. Yeah, didn't Texas High get get held, get get the – they weren't 10-1, and one, but they were – they or maybe they were. Maybe they only played nine games or something like that. But it was um, – they they took an early loss, a bit of a surprising loss in, in the open, in, in early in the playoffs, and I know that they would like to avenge that. In any case, mm-hmm. Texas High and Texas City, it fascinates me. What is your third pick, Matthew? I'm going to go small school, and I'm going to go out west Ooh, small to Colorado City Thursday night as the New Deal Lions take on the Four Sand <sighs> Buffaloes in a battle – of ten and one teams, I like this. I, I'm a little concerned about Four Sand coming into this game. New, New Deal is the higher ranked team. We've had New Deal. New Deal's been ranked in that six or seven range most much of the year in 281. Four Sand, I think, got up to number nine late in the year before they lost to Holly in their uh, finale. But last week, Four Sand got pushed in a major way by Goldthwait and. Credit to Goldthwaite, they came out and they, they ran the play clock down. They, they, their, their mission was to hold on to the football as long as humanly possible and try to steal it late. And it almost worked. Mm-hmm. Forstein had to come back for a 22-15 win, uh, led by Major Stockton, uh, 88 yards, uh, rushing in a touchdown. He threw for 105 yards in a touchdown. But, I mean, this, this, that Goldthwaite offense, I mean, it was 15-7 into the third quarter. You know, this is this is a team that that 
And Goldthwaite was a, I think, 5-5 five and five team coming into the game. So Forsan struggled. Now they get New Deal, who a year ago was upset in the first round by Olden. Uh, yeah, the Lions didn't forget that. They throttled Olden. To open. They basically opened the playoffs up. On, they played at 4 o'clock on Thursday. And I'm looking, you know, it's the only game going on, and it's 28 nothing, like 10 minutes into the game. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this game's, this game's over. Um, four first-half turn- turnovers, they converted to touchdowns. It's it's 42-7 to at halftime, and it's, it's garbage time in the second half. Um, Harley Patterson, you know, five, t- five total touchdowns. Learic Eaton. 182 yards rushing, two touchdowns. New, New Deal's loaded, and this is a team that I don't think is getting the attention that it deserves in 2A Division One, Region One, because you know right now everybody's kind of talking about Holly, Coleman, Cisco. This New Deal team is the real deal, and then they they played for a state title not that long ago in 2018. 2018. So um, I think the Lions get get an emphatic win here. I think Forsan may have hit their ceiling already, and 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 they're 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 up against it this week. So. Um, yeah, I like the Lions to advance on Thursday night. Yeah, this uh, New Deal was my pick out of Region One, basically because I think that there's a lot of teams that are all clumped together. And I looked at New Deal, and I'm like, I think actually I like your path a little bit better. Like maybe you're the safest pick there. Um, and so yeah, I, I I am I'm a believer in New Deal. I think that they are for real. I think that the way that um, I think that Harley Patterson, their quarterback, I think he's special, special, special. And that's going to be very interesting to keep an, keep an eye on that. And yeah, can force and figure it out. I'm willing to give them a one week mulligan that, hey, you know what? Playoffs, you know, different story. Goldway came in with a great game plan. You know, you weren't ready for it, but you better wake up in a hurry because here is a true blue contender that can end your season in a hurry if you're if you if you come out slow. So fun Thursday night affair there. That's two Thursday night games. Uh, Lindy, Lindale and, and the New Deal game. It's, it's a good. solid, thir- you know, usually round two, the Thursday slate gets mm-hmm. real thin. It's a good week of Thursday games this week. Well, let's go from Thursday to Saturday for my third pick. Let's go 7.30 p.m. Saturday night. Matthew at the Gilf. That's right. <laughs> I, I'll be at that game, too. <laughs> uh, at Globe Life Field in Arlington. It's the shed out there in Arlington, the home yes. of your Texas Rangers. As the South Lake Carroll Dragons welcome in the Midland Legacy Rebels in ooh, am I comf- in one of the most important games in Clint Hartman's uh, tenure at Legacy? Is it's that fair? One. It's I mean this is big boy stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean- they and they've knocked on the door. This is a team mm-hmm. that, that has come to the Metroplex and gone toe to toe with Metroplex teams and has come up just short every time. What well, here's time your chance. Yeah, this, this here's your chance, buddy. You know, <laughs> here's your chance. They draw the South Lake Carroll Dragons. Let's talk about Carroll. Uh, last week, pretty breezy uh, in their win over North Crowley. Didn't seem like there was really any any problem. They they jumped out to an early lead and kind of coasted 42-20, and it really. It was a very arm's length type game. I don't think they were particularly interested in running up the score on them. Owen Allen no. was great, who continues to be one of the most underappreciated players in the state. Caden Anderson, um, the defense, which is this year. yeah, he has been. I mean, considering the circumstances we, he took over in, just mm-hmm. been unbelievable this year. We really, yeah, we really haven't heaped enough praise on that kid. That like uh, this this whole season could have got sideways in a hurry. If he and I'm not even talking about if he physically couldn't handle the job. I mean, if he mentally couldn't handle the job. Right. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he has come in there and and boy, Riley Dodge has had nothing but good things to say about that young man. Uh, the future is very bright for Caden Anderson um, and the defense, which has been great. Right. Well, here's legacy. We've been talking about them. Run back the tape. Go listen to our seven on seven, our, our seven on seven uh, uh, podcast where we were talking about and the word, the, the thing you kept saying, you're like. Dude, that does not look like a West Texas team. Mm-mm. They they do not. They got, and they got dudes. They got dudes. They got Quadzilla. Michaela Young play. Fired up seeing Michaela Young play. But I also think as, as he's he's excellent. Uh, he's excellent. I think this sophomore quarterback, Marcos Davila, I think he's done a really good job. And they don't ask him to go out there and win the game for him. They don't say, hey, we need you to throw for 500 yards every game. But he does what the game asks him to do. And he's he an operator. Of playmakers. He's got Chris Brazel, the uh, Florida Atlantic commit. Who I can Joey McGuire. Uh, hi, hi, Joey McGuire. Matt mm-hmm. Step, Dave Campbell's Texas football here. 
you're the new head coach of Texas Tech. You got a stud <laughs> out in West Texas. Offer that kid. Yeah. Offer Chris Brazel. Yeah. He's he's a star. They got Donnie, Donnie Bishop. Bishop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got guys. They got guys, especially on offense. That offense has been great. Where I worry about legacy in this game is on the defensive side. And I'm not sure they have seen an offensive. I mean, let's let's call it this an offensive machine like they're going to see in Carroll. This is an yeah. offensive machine. They they are crisp. They are uh, they are all very they're all very sound. I mean, and they are going. And so can the defense come up with stops? I think if you are legacy, you are happy to get into a track meet. If you want to get into a track meet, I think they're the rare West Texas team that can go with a team like Carroll. They, uh, they, they, can, they yeah. can get into track meets and they, they've shown they, they can compete. You know, they, the, the thing about men legacy, the last two trips to Arlington, you know, last year in the second round of the playoffs against Trinity and this year against Arlington Martin in the regular season, they've run out to big first half leads in both games and then struggled in the second half. They faded in the second half. I don't know if that has anything to do with the long road trip or, or what, but it's, it's at least these last two games in Arlington, it's been a trend. Interested to see if that happens again. If Legacy does do that, can they find a way to hang on and, and, and withstand the surge? Carol's the favorite. They got to be the favorite, especially here. If this game were at Grande, let's talk. But um, yeah. but in in um, in Arlington, especially, Carol's the favorite. They have to be. Absolutely. But for Legacy, they have an opportunity to 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 rip open their shirt. <laughs> and, and oil themselves up and hop in the ring and say, "Do you want some?" Like, yeah, you know, you know they're they carrying can... the flag for West Texas. I think. I, I mean, Permian's Permian's still in the playoffs, but I, I think they're pretty significant underdogs to Trinity. I think this I is the agree. game that that probably, uh, you know, per, you know, West Texas has has a in, 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 what bigger scalp to have mm-hmm. for West Texas than South Lake Carroll? This would, Lake Carroll this would... has, since Todd Dodge got to Carroll, they have destroyed any team they have run into from West Texas. It typically hasn't been close. Yeah. So this is, this would be a win for West Texas, like not just legacy. This would be a huge win for West Texas. So that's my third pick legacy and Carol. What is your fourth pick, Matthew? It's tough. These are so so many good games this week. Uh, I'm going to go Friday night. I'm heading down to the San Antonio area. Mm -hmm. Lenhoff stadium and shirts as the Vandergriff Vipers visit the Cibolo Steel Knights. This game's this and, game is this game is hot. I am yes. I am I am hot after this game. And they decided to go home and home with the flip. Uh, apparently Vandergriff tried to uh, pick a, a different Leander ISD stadium as their home and ask Steel to play at a different stadium. UIL rules say if the stadium is in your ISD, it's considered a home field. So mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, Vandergriff plays at Monroe Stadium, and they put up Gupton as their home field. And Steele was like, nope, that's a home field for us. We're going to pick Lehoff, and Steele wins the flip. So Vandergriff's got to head south, and they're, they're going to walk into a hornet's nest uh, in the Cibolo Steel Knights who are undefeated. And for Vandergriff, I thought last week they, they bounced back nicely from that Week 11 loss to Round Rock that kind of surprised us all. They dominate what San Marcos fifty-two to fourteen. Um, their defense forced a bunch of turnovers, and that really helped them run out to that big halftime lead. San Marcos's game plan was to kind of play ball control, keep the football away from them, and, and the, the turnovers just completely derailed things. And Vandergriff made them pay. That's what that's what mm-hmm. good teams do. You know, good teams get turnovers, and they punish you when you turn the football over. And that's one thing that Drew Sanders Ball Club has consistently done during this run: is played solid defense, and when you give them the turnovers. They're going to punish you. Steel's not a team that typically turns the football over, though. This Steel, in a lot of what, not and these are there's a lot of similarities between these two teams. Same school colors, same style of play. Rely on defense in the running game, and that's been Steel's calling card all year. And I thought last week might have been their best win of the year. That's a good Brandeis team that they mm-hmm. they, dis, they dismantled them forty two to fourteen, and it was the running game. Jaden Bailey and Tashawn Singleton. 239 yards rushing and three touchdowns. That's what you expect from Steele. What you didn't expect from Steele was quarterback Connor Vincent with his most efficient game of the year, completing 13 of 16 passes, 231 yards, and three touchdowns. Jeez. If, if Steele throws the ball that efficiently, 
they could beat anyone. Austin mm-hmm. Westlake, Austin Westlake included, because Steele's mm-hmm. defense is going to be there. I mean, you remember last year Steele played Westlake. Westlake won twenty eight nothing. So so Steele held Westlake somewhat in check in that game. They just couldn't do anything on the offense against that nasty Westlake defense. Well, this year if Steele is is running the football with those two backs and they're getting efficiency in the passing game, they're going to be super dangerous. I think that's – and if Steele's opening up this passing game, and this is something they've been holding on to all year and they just haven't needed it, and now they're unleashing it in the playoffs, watch out Region 4. I like mm-hmm. the Knights in this ballgame at home and with this newfound passing game. Yeah, I, I, I think – I think I like Vandegrift. I think I like their defense. I think it's going to be able to figure something out, and I'm, I'm, I am I'm don't know if I'm willing to, to go out there and – and and jump on board a, a newfound passing attack. Now maybe it's the real deal, and maybe they maybe David Sainz has just been like, "Yep, we've been saving this the whole time. Like you never expected this this extra weapon." I, I think Vandegrift's defense. I I really think you know we mentioned it on last week's show that win over Round Rock. I mean, is really impressive. I mean, you want to talk about a team that is feeling it right now. Um. I'm going to go with Vandegrift in a low-scoring slugfest, but I think you're right. The steel passing game, if they can get that going again, watch out. That is a really dangerous team. So it's an excellent pick, Vandegrift and Steel. I am going to go from 6A to Matthew. Let's go to the smallest, well, the second smallest classification. 1A Division One. Matt I know Stepp. where you're going. Even, even I know where you're going for this one. Matt Stepp. You, a little bit earlier, I took for my first pick, I took College Station and Frisco Lone Star. And we sat here and we said, oh my goodness, I can't believe that we get a top five matchup in 5A Division One in the second round. Can you believe it? It's amazing. Matt Seb, what if I told you we don't have a top five matchup? We have a top two matchup this week. As. I, I believe it's a Thursday game because God love you, six man football. They will, they will, they will go on a Thursday on you. That's right, Thursday night in the home of Dr Pepper, Dublin, Texas, six thirty p.m. It's the May Tigers taking on the Jonesboro Eagles, number one versus number two in one A Division one, and these are two teams that have been. At or near the the rankings all year long. I need to look. I think May started the year number one. I think they've been wire to wire. Jonesboro, I think, started the year number like five and like have crept up to number two just by winning. And the name of the game for both of these teams has been just an outstanding defense. Uh, Jonesboro, or rather, May played one, one quote-unquote six-man shootout. They played against Sterling City in week two, of course, the defending state champs, the team that beat them in the uh, in the state championship game, and they beat them 104 to 80. But basically, everyone else they have held in check. Their defense has been excellent. Um, they've got Caden Hulk, of course, Hulkamania is running wild on you. Um, they've got a number of other playmakers, Blake Harrell, uh, Brian Kunkel. This team is loaded, and they found other pieces to fill in the spots that were left from the state runner-up from a year ago for Coach Craig Steele's ball club. Taking on Jonesboro, Jonesboro, you may remember a few years ago, were in a title game, coached by Eddie Gallegos. He's been there for a long time. Good dude, friend of Dave Campbell's Texas football. Craig Steele is too, that's not to say. They're all friends, Dave Campbell's. I don't know, I shouldn't say that. Anyway, um, this they're a bit of a surprise. They were were, they got they got hit hard by graduation. I believe they only had two starters back total from last year's team, and but they have found uh, the the defense, which has always been a calling card for Eddie Gallegos' squad, has been excellent, and they have found a kid in the junior Caleb Crystal who has been a that 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 classic spread back. He can throw it, he can run it. He can do a little bit of everything. They spread the ball around a little bit. Ian Schof is a guy to, to keep an eye on uh, on both sides of the ball. This is, I think, and obviously, look, there, it's number one versus number two, right? I mean, that's that goes without saying that the winner of this game is going to be in a, a good spot. I think there's a fair argument to be made that the winner of this game is the favorite to win the the, the state championship. Now, that's not to say it's going to come easy, it's, it's, you know, because they are on the right side of the bracket. But if you take a look at who they would get next week, uh, the winner of this game is probably getting unbeaten Water Valley, all due respect to Lomita, who uh, pulled off a big win over Medina last week. I, first playoff win since like 2008 or something. Um, but probably getting Water Valley. They're coming out of the region of Doom there in Region 4. But then they'd have to take maybe on 
take on maybe unbeaten Abbott, and then they'd see a team, uh, probably the winner of Westbrook and Rankin in the title game this week too. So, or in a title game, maybe Sterling City. But this is this is heavy stuff. I think I like May. I think I like that championship pedigree. I think Jonesboro may still, in fact, be one year away. But I think this is May's year. But this is a huge six-man game. It's a massive week in six-man, guys. Between that, uh, Str- uh, Strawn and Throckmorton are playing. Uh, uh, Westbrook and Rankin is a banger. Um, it is a tremendous week in six-man football. So I'm going to take May and Jonesboro for my fourth pick. What is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? Don't take my dang game. Don't take my game. I'm going Friday night. In Royce City. Ah, yes, we're good. <laughs> uh, a game that our own Ishmael Johnson is going to attend as the Gladewater Bears take on the Grandview Zebras in a really intriguing 3A Division One Region 2 matchup. The, the, the things get hot and heavy in Region 2 with, with Gladewater and Grandview playing. you got Mount Vernon still looming. you got Malakoff lurking. This is this is a really, in West, of course, lurking as well. It's a great region, and the matchups get going this week, and this is a really intriguing matchup because, you know, Gladewater, they, they started out the year 0-2. They you know, lose to Gilmer. We kind of expected that, and then they get just throttled by Kilgore. And we, we kind of had some questions about Gladewater, but I, I would say now you don't want to get blown out like Gladewater did in those few, those two games. But those two losses have aged, I think, pretty well when you consider they're a 3A D1 team playing 4A competition, top 10 4A competition as well. But, I mean, when Gladewater's played teams in their weight class, they've been pretty dominant. And I, I feel like this is a team that, that that is a little bit on a mission after the, the playoff exit last year to Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. And they open things up. You know, forty nine to ten over Bonham last week, and and uh, Xavion Campbell twelve carries, one hundred and thirty one yards, and two touchdowns. He picked off a couple of passes as well. You know, we're not even talking about DJ Allen. They still got this D one stud and DJ Allen who's just kind of holding back and saying, "Hey, we'll we'll use him when we need him." Well, I think this week they might need him, and where I think they might need him is on the defensive side of the ball because I think that matchup between Grandview stud receiver Cam English and DJ Allen, I think DJ Allen's going to going to shadow Cam English all over the field. That's that's Grandview's go daddy right there. Mm-hmm. He kind of makes the zebras go, and uh, you know I, I think you know quarterback Ryder Hayes is going to be looking for for English a lot, but he's going to have DJ Allen on him, so that matchup is, is going to be key. Um, Grandview drilled Teague forty nine to seven. No surprise there. Um, you know, I felt like they bounced back from their loss against West really nicely. So, um, you know, this is an interesting game because our our intern Josh Price, who wrote the preview for this game, he picked Grandview by fourteen. That is way too rich for my blood. I like Gladewater in this game. I think this is the Bears' year. I like Gladewater. I think they're going to get at least to the regional final and take on Mount Vernon. But I think it's going to be a barn burner. Give me Gladewater yeah. by about five points. Yeah, I think this is a really another like interesting regional clash of kind of like greater DFW and Grandview going up against like pure East Texas like dudes out there. And and you know, for Gladewater, look, recent history has not necessarily been super kind to them. You know, it's been much kinder to Grandview. Um, and so here's an opportunity for them to take back a little bit of that from for East Texas uh, in this game. So I I think that's an excellent pick. I am very excited about that. Boy, fifth and final pick. I hate to be 5A guy, but it's such a great week in 5A. I can't believe it. It really is. I can't believe it. All right. I'm going to do it. I, okay. This is. I, I want to issue an apology to – although these could be hipster games too. But I want to I issue an apology to um, Belleville and Rusk, which I don't think is getting picked. Uh, and I want to issue an apology to South Oak Cliff and Frisco, which I'm not going to pick. South Oak Cliff and Frisco is – Fun. Year. Yeah. And by the way, I think the winner of that game can give Alito trouble if Frisco Liberty doesn't give him trouble. Frisco Liberty, you want to talk about a hot team right now. That's one thing. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But my fifth and final pick, Matthew, 7 p.m. Friday night in Bryan at Green Stadium as the Pflugerville Weiss Wolves take on the Manville Mavericks in a game of pedigree disparity, in a game of uh, cross regional in, you know implications, and a game with GoDaddies, mm-hmm. a game with dudes. If you are interested, if you are just 
Mm. Let's just say hypothetically, if you were in the business of needing uh, a bunch of players who probably weren't getting the recruiting attention that they deserve, maybe matriculate your way to Brian's Green Stadium on Friday night. Because I think both these teams, now Manville gets a lot of recruiting coverage, more than certainly more than Weiss. Dude, there are dudes all over this field in this game mm-hmm. between Weiss and Manville. We- so, Weiss is super you, underrated. Oh my gosh. I yeah. got to see Weiss in week 11 when they took on Georgetown. Still dancing, by the way, Georgetown with their win over Dripping Springs. And I came away so impressed by all of the guys that they've got. I mean, they've got a guy, they've got, they've got QB1 in Dior Bradfield, and he's great. Okay, he is an operator back there. He looks like he's in total command. The offensive line gives him a lot of time and he makes good decisions. But they got a bunch of running backs, whether it's Dalen Alexander or Nigel Harmon. Bradfield can run the ball a little bit and they've got weapons on the outside that go five, six deep. Okay. Christian Price, uh, uh, Micah Gifford, Jeremiah Robinson, uh, uh, Torrey Simmons, who I think had two touchdowns in the game that I saw against Georgetown. I mean, this team offensively is a fireworks factory. Their defense also puts 11 players on the field, and that's maybe where it come, push comes to shove here. Manville's got guys as well, right? Manville's offense has been outstanding i've got i love a lot of what they bring to the table offensively kevin hall is once again uh, you're never gonna believe it but he's dialing it up again and and they have after two early season or one early season loss to, to dickinson they have really righted the ship i think this junior quarterback caden smith has really grown up and demonte seymour that running back uh yeah a dude mm-hmm. a straight up dude He's a guy. The plus, they got a bunch of weapons. Uh, 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 they got sophomore wide receiver and Andre Thompson, who's who's starting to get a lot of recruiting attention. Plus, guys like Isaiah King, etc. I think this p- basically comes down to whether or not Weiss can get stops. Um, they were able. They they were. Mm-hmm. They're very boomer bust defensively. They are very big splash play dependent. They get sacks. They get forced fumbles. They get interceptions. But when they don't. They're giving up like eight or nine yards of play. And that's a problem against Manville, right? Because Manville will gash you to death, especially on the ground, if you let them. Um, I think I like Manville in this one. I think the pedigree wins out. But Weiss has certainly got the weaponry to make Manville sweat and make Manville work for it. And it, if this game gets into the 40s or the 50s, like that's where Weiss wants to play. Weiss wants to win this game like Georgetown beat Dripping Springs last week, which was just like, sure, you just want to trade scores? That's fine. We'll get two stops and win. Um, they want to cut the brakes. They, they want to cut the brakes and, and get and get Manville into a shootout. Manville's doesn't. Manville wants to live in the 20s and 30s. Yeah, they do because their defense is pretty good. We haven't talked about a ton about it, but their defense pretty darn good. But they've got a big test this week against Weiss. I think this game is fabulous. Really excited to see it. And, and then again, we're going to start to sort out that District Ten versus District Eleven, who who all dominated so so thoroughly in by district. So there it is. There is your area round draft. Step took El Campo, Lindale, Denton, Ryan, Magnolia West, New Deal, Forsan, Austin, Vandegrift, Civil Steel, and Gladewater Grandview. I took College Station, Frisco, Lone Star, Texas High, Texas City, Midland Legacy, and South Lake Carroll, May and Jones. And Manville and Pflugerville Weiss. And now, for the final time in the year of our Lord 2021, it's time for our hipster game of the week. Matthew, what is your hipster game of the week? Friday, I'm going back to Colorado City. Uh, I went to Colorado City for the Thursday night game. Are you I'm like, back do, you work for the CVB, do you work for the CVB or something? Me and Dan Ganey, man. We, 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 love, the, we love golf <laughs> tournaments. We love Colorado City, you know? <laughs> That's a deep cut for TFT fans, that right? It really there. is. Poochie, Poochie's pumping his fist here in that <laughs> yeah, right now. Uh, Coleman and Post, mm-hmm. Friday night in Colorado City. And you look at this matchup and you see Coleman at 10 and 0, Post at 5 and 6. And you're like, Step, what are you thinking? I don't know what got into Post last week against Farwell, but Post absolutely throttled Farwell. I don't know if Post got some guys back from injury or what. And this is a very young Post team, but. They do have a couple of dudes. They've got a, a Colorado commit and a and a Texas now a Texas Tech commit, and Isaiah Crawford, who recently committed to Texas Tech. That at that level, when you have two players like that, it, it's it it means something. And I just wonder if Post has gotten has found something last week with, with mm-hmm. being a really good Farwell team, pretty handily. 
Coleman, what more can you say about John Elder's ball club? The Blue Cats just keep on rolling. Jaden Jackson is one of the most exciting players in all of West Texas. He's a lot of fun to watch. And this Blue Cats defense has been absolutely lights out. I think Post is going to push Coleman in this one, much like you know we, we thought Cisco was going to push Coleman. I, I like Coleman in this one, but I think this is going to be a lot closer than the records indicate when you take a first glance at this ball game. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think there I think there are people, myself included, who started throwing dirt on Post early in the season, but they have something's clicked. So Some, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just a lot of guys growing up and getting the getting the uh, getting what they needed, uh, getting the experience they needed, but they have grown up in a hurry, and that's going to be a fun game to watch. Matt Stepp, I'm going to go to 6A Division 2. Believe it or not, there is a hipster 6A game. It's 7 o'clock Friday night at Pirate Stadium in Lubbock as the El Paso Eastwood Troopers take on the Saginaw Boswell Pioneers. We can stop for a moment and just admire these are two coaches we really like. Yeah, like <laughs> Coach, Coach Lopez and Coach Abin Shand are both great. Yep, great guys. They've been they've been longtime friends of Dave Campbell's. Uh, easy, to, two guys easy to root for. Both of whom pulled off stunners last week. Mm-hmm. El Paso Eastwood mm-hmm. went to Abilene, went to Shotwell, and beat Abilene. Can we just talk about how much of a madman Julio Lopez is? He went for it on his own ten. Uh, the man, he's a madman. He, he he's, uh, he's a madman. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Uh, did it work? It actually did. They got a first down. So yeah, you you damn right it did. Yeah. Um, hashtag never punt. And then Boswell, another kind of Thursday night stunner that kind of flew under the radar. And if like if if Stanton hadn't beaten Childress, I think a lot more people would be talking about Boswell over Eaton last week. Absolutely, but that yeah. was impressive. Eaton was cooking, mm-hmm. and and Boswell was able to go out there and win it. And by the way, by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there. Flashback to 2016. Remember what Boswell did? Like they get in the they get in the playoffs at like six and four, and then suddenly they just they get hot. Like John Evanson. Didn't they get to has, a regional final that year? Yeah, they lost to Alito in a regional final. Their district yeah. bunkmate. Like they can do this on you. They mm-hmm. can heat up at the right time, and and they have looked. Look, they they look good offensively. They looked great last year. Last week, that sophomore quarterback Sawyer Farr stepped up in a big way. They got a junior running back in Ezra Carter. This team, by the way, is going to be a problem next year too. Just like be aware, be aware. Mm-hmm. Going up against Andrew Martinez and the El Paso Eastwood Troopers, uh, a a supremely excellent quarterback out there. I don't care. I'm not saying he's a great El Paso quarterback. He's a great quarterback. Period. This kid's a stud yes. and fully capable of taking over this game. I think this game has a chance to be a high-scoring affair and be a bit pointy. Um, a lot of it depends. This is going to sound crazy. I think a lot of it depends on the weather, uh, you know, because I think that Eastwood probably they need Andrew Martinez to, to have a really big game, and if it's windy or something like that, that would like the plan B. The the ground game for Boswell is a little bit more fleshed out. The other thing in this game is. Look, you don't want to look too far ahead, okay? You don't want to look too far ahead. But they're on the clean side of the bracket, okay? The winner mm-hmm. of this game's probably getting, they're getting Prosper or Grand Prairie, so probably Prosper. Shout out Grand Prairie, by the way, Tony Tatamy. Um, I'm just saying the winner of this game's got a shot, okay? And then we're talking regional final. Now, at that point, you'd probably run into Geyer, and that might be the end of the party. But, like, I'm just saying... I'm saying that you got you got an opportunity to make a run here. So I'm very interested to see an e- and I think both these teams, Eastwood and Boswell, understand that. So I'm very interested in Eastwood and Boswell. Uh, where are you heading this week? Uh, Thursday night, I will be in Madisonville as the Lorena Leopards take on the Woodville Eagles in a three A Division One Region Three matchup. Uh, you know excited. I'm. You know I. You know I have a crush on Lorena. Like I'm very high Ooh. on Lorena. I'm I am interested, interested in your them. scouting report. Yeah, and it's my first ever visit to Madison. Well, I've been to Madisonville, obviously, because that Bucky's gets a lot of my money. Uh, but my first, my first visit to uh, Madisonville Mustang Stadium. So, coach, mm-hmm. talked to Coach Rusty Nail this morning, the athletic director there, and he's ready to welcome me with open arms. So excited about that visit Excellent. on Thursday night. Uh, as I mentioned, Friday I will be in Tyler along with um, Television's own Ashley Pickle. Wow, hoping- is she gonna is she gonna let you look her in the eye? I'm hoping that I can at least get an autograph from her, but yeah, yeah. I can't look her directly in the eye because she views it as a threat. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I will be in Tyler for that game. Uh, Frisco Lone Star and College Station. Need to say no more about that game. Uh, we'll see if I can get out there early enough to maybe uh, hit Stanley's up. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, and then Saturday, I will be at the Guilf all day. <laughs> uh, and here, here's a little, a little uh, slight fun fact for you, Gregory Tepper. I'm ready. Um, the Guilf will be now. God willing, I make it to Madisonville on time and get to that game. Uh, and then Saturday, I get to the Globe Life Field. Globe Life Field will be the 250th stadium that I have visited covering Texas wow. High School football. Yes, 250. So Globe Life Field, <laughs> the shed, <laughs> they had money. That was going to be my 250th stadium. But here, here we are. That'll be my. I've been to the shed for a baseball game. Um, yeah. It's very nice. It's, it's, I got some takes. Uh, it's, we'll see how it is for football. For baseball, mm-hmm. it's, it's the roof makes it incredible, but it's a little sterile for my taste, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it's less sterile for high school football. Um, so looking forward to that uh, visit on Saturday to watch. Uh, first game it's a tri- is – It's a triple, right? It is. Cedar Hill and Tyler Legacy at 11. Uh, and then at 3.30-ish, you know how it goes, the second game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rockwall and DeSoto, which I think that will have some points. I, I, I don't think it will end 14-7. to 7. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I think that that's fair. I think that's um, I I tweeted out that I don't think it's going to end three nothing, and then Craig Wake yeah. responded, he goes, I don't think it's going to end thirty three thirty. I don't, I think, <laughs> I don't think so either. So uh, that's my middle game, and then the nightcap is one of the games you profiled, Midland Legacy in South Lake Carroll. So yeah. uh, a really nice six A triple header on Saturday. So um, you know, hey, it's the playoffs, and and I am uh, I have gone on record to say I am a game hound. Uh, substitute, Are- substitute the other word that starts. With the sound of H, but yeah, I, I love. I go to a lot of games. I, I want, I Did, want, co- I want quantity because I'm going to get quality. It's the playoffs. Yeah, you, yeah. Your your sickos games are almost. This is basically like the clock striking striking midnight on sickos games. Yeah, um, I've I've seen enough sicko games this year. For, for uh, let me year. ask you, um, and you don't know. You probably don't know the answer because you are in the palatial press box. Uh, does one ticket get you in for the triple? That is a good question. I do not know that. I would imagine so. I can't. I would think so too. They're probably not clearing the stadium. I, I'd imagine so, but um, you know, I think if, I think you get, if you go to Texas Rangers website, I think the tickets are already yeah. available. So yeah, go um, to TexasRangers.com and please help them. Great, I mean, I don't know what the weather's like Correa. Saturday. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the weather's going to be like Saturday, but uh, it should be pretty nice inside the shed. I can tell you that. Uh, Thursday night, if you're going to be sitting at home, make sure you turn on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch and watch our watch along with Lindale and El Campo. And it'll be myself, Craig, uh, it'll, not Craig White. It'll be myself, uh, Ashley Pickle, uh, Mike Craven making his watch along debut. Awesome. Uh, plus the supernova herself, uh, Aaron Hardigan and the man, the headline over there in McKinney, uh, coach, uh, Marcus Shavers, an actual football expert will yes. be there to uh, provide some actual insights as opposed to our nonsense. I need to set the over under on actual words. Cause Craven's a quiet guy. He doesn't talk too much. And I don't know how many words he's going to, going to be able to get in a Hardigan in there. Cause boy, ain't that the truth. Hardigan should, and pickle set an over under on war. Yeah. Hardigan and pickle. God, it's going to be a lot. God. <laughs> In the words of our friend Gabe Brooks, we need to set an over under on the, the number of word, number of sentences Craven utters. Yeah, it, like it, six it, and a half. He'll be like, yeah, "That's a good run." Over under. Yep, that's a good, so, that's a good run by Ruben. And I'm guessing Friday uh, back of this. When does football Friday move to Saturday? This is so. This is the last. This is the the, the thrilling season finale of Football Friday. Okay, uh, wait, this is the last uh, the last uh, episode. The season's over after this. Uh, then scoreboard moves to Saturday, starting next week. So it'll be there. So I will have my Fridays off. Believe it or not, uh, I'll get to spend a Friday night with my wife for the first time in like three months. Um, mm. So that'll be exciting. That'll be good. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider and Step. Thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys next week on Tep and Step.